0: Welcome to the launch of That Tree Lady podcast, episode one. What's with the trees? My name is Puro Brits. I'm Hetty Britz's son and collaborator. And today we're going to be talking trees. Before we jump into the trees and what they mean, I just want to hear where did all of this start? What inspired <laughs> this, you to go down this path?
1: I think it is extremely hard to really find the origin of most things. <laughs> Isn't mm-hmm. that what people debate about? Yeah, The origin the of everything is a mystery. I think this is also a mystery in a way. I want to say a part of it started in my original family, where I was born as one of a set of twins, and we we're absolute opposites. My very talented, very funny, very smart and quirky twin brother, Donnie, is in most ways my opposite and just wonderful. But... Mm-hmm. He was born into a family where pretty much everybody else was more like me than like him. And I think there was maybe a seed already of how important the recognition of the uniqueness of every person would be going forward. So I think that was one one origin. Mm, mm. But in what seems like a previous lifetime, I worked in an aftercare center in a poor part of the city where I lived in South Africa, in, in Pretoria. And in this community, a lot of children were left to their own devices in the afternoons. And we started an educational upliftment sort of a project. And there were many kids there who had been shut up by trauma, by uh, their environment, by a lack of opportunity. And I wanted to open them up. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. And I tried everything that I had learned as a speech pathologist, audiologist, you know, my psychology three, anatomy three, (laughs) neurology three, um, you know, orthopedagogics you know whatever everything I had studied came up short and then at that same time I had my first baby your older sister and um, she was my opposite too and it was a very confusing journey as a mom to have a baby I waited for for six years I was so ready to welcome into my heart into my home and then to realize I'm struggling to connect yeah. So with these kids, I wanted to open up this understanding that, as my twin was often misunderstood, so many people are misunderstood. And then these kids that I that I couldn't open up and my own daughter that I couldn't break through to, mm-hmm. I stumbled on the truth of temperament, um, that beautiful soul DNA. And I didn't like the labels that were used describing them, because what I found was, you know, the old terminology of sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic melancholy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. who wants to be called melancholy um, maybe not me yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, so I was looking for wording that would capture the uniqueness of every human being without putting a ceiling on them without putting them in a box yeah. and trees came to mind because they are not boxed in they are open to heaven yeah. they have space to grow they look different in every season and they never cut by space base, space base, space base. They're yep. not made that way. They they're are so all unique.
0: unique and they're all different. And I really love what you said about the soul DNA, um, that that's, that's a part of us. I, I really, really like that analogy. And that really relates to trees because trees have DNA too and, and they're all unique um, in their own way. So is that where the tree analogy came from?
1: Yes, because even though there is uniqueness, there is still a type there is still a species and there is still a pattern to that development. Because when you see a little weed growing and it only has a, a tiny little stalk and two little primary leaves, you don't know what it's going to become yet. I mean, I just came from the garden. I still have soil under my nails <laughs> because I had to quickly wash my hands to make use of this opportunity to talk with you. And I just planted tomato plants and I pl- planted cucumber plants and they look like exactly the same so right at the beginning it's so hard to see what they will be and then they grow into the photo that's on the package (laughs) but they're not going to grow into a pine tree there's there's not going to be a giant surprise I already know it's a vegetable and and maybe (laughs) maybe in a few days I forget what I planted where and I need to give it a little bit of time to see whether it's the cucumber or the zucchini but I have sort of an idea what type of a plant this is going to be and Children are that way. I remember
0: mm-hmm.
1: having clues about who you would be from very early on.
0: Yeah.
1: And you were not going to turn into something completely different just overnight. There was going to be a pattern to who you are. And you were not going to grow into a different species. And and you know this from growing up Definitely. under me, under a, a bossy mom, that I tried occasionally
0: mm-hmm. to
1: change your DNA. How successful do you feel that has been?
0: I'm not terribly successful. <laughs> um, I've always been a bit stubborn about who I am, <laughs> and I feel like we we're all deeply stubborn about who we are. I think that's that's where a lot of misbehavior might, you know, come from. That's just kind of what I my personal experience is. A lot of the times when I was misbehaving towards you, were times where I felt like my identity wasn't being taken into account.
1: I absolutely agree. And it's probably because when you were really young, I mistook a lot of your behaviors for behavior and not for DNA, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you try and change behavior and you're really messing with the original design, you're not going to win. Yeah, It's like trying to prune a rose into a pine tree. No matter how triangular <laughs> and upright you prune that thing, it's just not going to turn into, into your little picture. Yeah. I, I will never forget when you were about 12, you walked into the dining room and you said, mom, can I please take your tall trees teen profile? And I said, but you, we already know what you are. Why, why would you want to do that? And you went, mom, I don't think you know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Ugh, I already know what this outcome is going to be. Waste your 12 minutes and do your profile. And then you came storming down the, the stairs with the printout of that report. And yep. you sat down with me at the dining room table and you went, Mom, listen to this. This is so me. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know. I wrote it. And then you started reading from that report to me. And it was the opposite of what I thought you were. And you started reading this. And as you read it, I thought, oh, it's true. It's true to your." But I couldn't see because the thing is, we do have an obstructed view. And we're obstructed by the leaves that grow on our own tree. And we can't see the tree for the forest that we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess there's an arrogance in us. Like you said, there's a stubbornness to defend who we really are. Mm-hmm. But there's also an arrogance where we think, I bet you want to be like me. You're just really having a hard time to be like me. Yeah. So let me help you. And I think I did a lot of that.
0: I think sometimes our ideas of other people are stubborn too. We put them in a box and we think this is who this person is, you know, and and it's really important what you said about there are still species. There's still a pattern to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, every person's unique, um, like every tree is unique, but it's not completely random. No, you don't just put a seed in the ground and then anything can grow out of there, although everything that grows from a seed is unique there's still going to be patterns yes, that you see people a, follow.
1: Exactly. You see a tadpole mm-hmm. and it's not going to turn into a bird ever. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how long you wait. yeah, It's going to be a frog or a toad. It's not ever going to be anything else. Mm-hmm. And you just wait around to see if it's a frog or a toad. But that's about as interesting as that journey can become or as surprising as that journey can become.
0: And, of course, people are a lot more interesting than... Uh, then like either you're a tadpole or you're a frog but like explain to me how you got to the the different how did you come across trees as the right analogy
1: i think it was slightly coincidental or even lucky mm. i only found out afterwards that psychologists regard trees as a very strong projection symbol that people really identify with the idea of roots and fruit. I did want it to have a biblical root because of my biblical foundations, my Christian roots. Mm -hmm. And people are often spoken of as trees in the Bible. It says we are plantings of God. It also talks about our seed and our fruit and how we're supposed to be fruitful and how we flourish when we are planted by living waters. And I loved that image Mm. because Mm. my whole tall trees company grew out of an earlier company called Evergreen Parenting that already had, you know, a gardening language in it, parenting styles that I compared with gardening equipment. And I really wanted to continue that image of something vibrant, something dynamic, something that can always grow because I don't like the mindset of boxing people in but we still want to describe them. And I, I wanted something that would be a life-giving label. Like, I don't label you if I say you're a son. You're my son. That's not mm-hmm. a limiting label. That doesn't put any boundary on what you can become. But it's a helpful descriptor. And I wanted these to be helpful descriptors and not labels that limit or box in.
0: I really like that.
1: And um, one of my favorite quotes is by a guy called Ramdas, and he said the following about people in trees and this really says it better than than I could he says when you go out into the woods and you look at trees you see all these different trees and some of them are bent and some of them are straight and some of them are evergreens and some of them are whatever and you look at the tree and you allow it you see why it is the way it is you see, um, you sort of understand that it didn't get enough light. And so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. And you just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And you're constantly saying, you're to this and I'm to that. That judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, very often people say, "Okay, so what kind of a tree am I? And then I really have to switch that thinking on because I don't primarily think of people in temperament terms because there are so much more than that. Yeah. So even people I've known for years, I don't categorize them in my head (laughs) because I believe that's your origin, but I don't believe that's your destination.
0: Mm, Just like a gardening tool. It's just a tool to to come into contact with that piece of them, with yeah. their soul DNA. It's not their DNA. It's just the tool for representing it.
1: Absolutely. It takes a little bit of the mystery and the guessing game out of journeying with people. If I know who they are, it gives me just the same kind of handle you have when you know somebody's name.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Is If I know your name, I still know very little about you, but I can call you. I can thank you. I can contact you. I can reach out to you. And I think knowing somebody's personality type is also just that first step. Yeah. At least if I know you are what I call a pine tree, I know that you enjoy harmony and peace and stability. So I'm not going to fly into your office yelling.
0: Yeah, because that would disrupt all the harmony.
1: Exactly. Um. And that doesn't give me a good foundation for relationship with you. But if I encounter a combination of the, the really strong rose bush and the very emotionally intense palm tree, I would storm into that office yelling mm-hmm. and I would not cause a ripple in that water. In fact, they will probably make a bigger wave back at me because I'm not a strong palm rose at all. <laughs> um, and so just yeah. that initial way of knowing how do I engage with you? How do I respect you? How do I nurture you? You know, if I, if I say, oh, she's a vegetarian, what does that mean? That means when I invite her over to my home, I'm not making steak uh, and, yeah. and prawns. You know, I'm going to respect the fact that she's not going to enjoy that. So it's just that initial ability to respect and accommodate. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah, it's a tool for mutual respect and understanding. I really think mm. that that's, that's a fantastic way of encapsulating it. So we've been talking about rose bushes, um, yeah. pine trees, yeah. um, palm trees and, and boxwoods. So why are those four tree types the ones you chose and what do they mean? And I think we can start with pine trees because um, you mentioned already that they like calm and harmony and mm-hmm. peace.
1: Yes, they are the very even killed introverts. So they are the thinking introverts Mm. who also have deep feelings that we cannot see they are the ones who look exactly the same way when they're nauseous and about to to um, lose their breakfast and when they are madly in love it's very difficult for us to know they are not the ones who wear their heart on their sleeves But like a pine tree in nature, I always envision this pine tree standing on a hill. I don't know why, but I just see them as so serene. They're on top of the hill. They look down into the valley. They can see everybody else losing it in their their rat race (laughs) and running around in circles. And they're like, oh, man, Um, I have this bird's eye view and this is not worth it. They just have that that sense of wisdom. So they're a little detached. And we can sometimes think they think they're better, but they're not. They are they're just not about to join the craziness unless it really matters.
0: So they have this innate capability of separating themselves from a situation, seeing it from a better perspective, maybe than being right in it.
1: Yes, they're excellent spectators and observers, have strong gifts of discernment, and they cannot not only separate from a situation, they can also separate from a person. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if you are bossy, rude, disrespectful, they can absolutely put up this invisible wall. You look at them and all of a sudden you realize you're no longer subscribed to their channel <laughs> and you don't know how it happened and you're going to work really hard to get back on that subscription list <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they are once bitten twice shy. They're yeah. not going to be abused the second time around. They can, they can put up their wall. They will stick around. They're typically not the ones to become disloyal and just leave, but their hearts now have a little tough layer. Yeah, their romantic. heart won't
0: be in it anymore. No. Their their heart isn't invested even though they might stick around um maybe to avoid to avoid conflict. They yes. stick around?
1: That's their number one fear. Mm. mm. Yeah. They have a introvert friend called the Boxwood. Mm. And <laughs> interestingly the wood of a boxwood tree is often used to make chess pieces so if you think of the chess player this is the box this is the this is the person who likes the black and white let's please play by the rules please see the little square in which things fit or, or not and please move legally you know don't go diagonally if you're supposed to move straight please <laughs> let's just um let's do it in the in the predictable way And Mm -hmm. do it right the first time around. That's very important to them. And if you think of a boxwood in nature, it's usually pruned into some perfect shape. It gets maintained constantly. It's very ready. It's very presentable. It makes a good impression. And these are all things that are awfully important if you are a
0: thoroughbred boxwood. I mean, it reminds me of the scouts thing. I used to be in scouts back in South Africa, right. and we had this motto, always be prepared. <laughs> and that, that just seems like a boxwood motto to me. Yes,
1: be overprepared if you can, like a, <laughs> a week in advance. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Because they can see, like in a chess game, they can see if I make this move, then you're going to make that one. And then I have these two options. And if I did this, then you would do that then. Uh, so they see down the pike. And that does affect them emotionally. Um they are more emotional than the, than the pine. They more easily get stressed and upset, and it's not because they want to be negative. It's just because they can see what can go wrong. They can see four moves mm-hmm. ahead of anybody else, and it does affect them. And they need to learn the skill to put it outside of them if they don't have any control over it. They are the ones who need that serenity prayer all the time. You know, give me the, you know, the ability to discern between the things I can change and those I can't. Because they can mm-hmm. see all of it, not yeah. just the things that will harm them, but also those around them. So they are often the um, the people we call the empaths often have a strong boxwood
0: component. Yeah, yeah. Because they can see everything that's going wrong in someone's life, um, yeah. maybe even before that person can. And they feel so strongly emotional about what that person is going through um, that it's extremely empathic.
1: Mm. You have this. Do you mind sharing a little bit of how you have learned to manage that?
0: I don't mind at all uh, sharing about my experience being a box pine. So I'm a mixture of those two trees, um, equal Mm 50-50. And that means that I can really tell when someone's feeling emotional, when something's wrong, I feel like it's my duty to step in and help them. And that's not always the case, and the pine tree in me kind of gives me the perspective that I need to handle those situations in a mature way, because I used to find myself jumping into situations where people are emotional, and where they're going through things um, where I shouldn't be in the situation, and that doesn't always help them, even though that's what I want to do. So it really helps to have that pine tree perspective with the empathic boxwood elements.
1: Yeah. I've experienced that. I remember you getting involved whenever your siblings were disciplined and and Mm -hmm. wanting to just make peace immediately even before the learning experience (laughs) could take place. (laughs) Now your timing is a lot better. And I think timing is one of the strengths of a pine. Although sometimes the pine cannot step in at all and kind of miss the opportunity because they are so careful and so respectful and so aware of boundaries. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I had to learn when to be that passive and when to step away from situations and when it was better for me to engage with the person that I might be disagreeing with or might have some misunderstanding with.
1: Mm, Because you're a mixture of the person who wants to solve it who is the boxwood let's find the solution let's figure this out and the pine who really doesn't enjoy the conflict and stepping into into the fight but when those two things come together you have somebody with excellent timing a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and a lot of insight and also analysis big picture and small picture being able to see the big picture and also the elements that need to be addressed
0: Yeah, I'm very analytical. Uh, I get accused of overthinking all the time. (laughs) Ah, That comes uh, with box pine. That kind of comes with the territory when you're a a boxwood, but especially when you're a box pine, because you're not just overthinking the details, which is a proclivity of the boxwoods, but you're overthinking the big picture as well. (laughs) So I got a double whammy in in that little category. So it's something I have to keep an eye on.
1: It's been called the paralysis of analysis and mm. every box spine has, you know,
0: has anal- a paralysis of analysis. Yeah, yeah. or,
1: or a, a tendency towards that or they've been told that they should stop thinking. And now it's time to act or speak up <laughs> one of those two because they're really thinkers and feelers more than doers and talkers.
0: That's definitely been one of my greatest challenges is getting out of my head and getting into the world, and actually talking about stuff, and doing things, instead of just thinking about doing things, and thinking about talking about things.
1: Yeah, and as a mom um, who's a doer, a doer-talker, um, of course, I, I looked at you and wondered, when are you going to step into your world? Because you have a world, and you have such a worthwhile contribution to make into that world, and I think that was one of the major thrills over the past few years to see you do that, to see you own your space, and use your gifts, and having that confidence to step into the box-pine situations where you absolutely belong.
0: I definitely had to grow into that. Um, it didn't come quickly. It was it was a long journey, and you helped out a lot with that, um, especially with these trees as tools for me to understand myself and for me to understand you, because. I, I really didn't, I, I didn't know what, what the dynamic between us was before the trees helped me understand that and helped form that mutual understanding and respect. Um, so tell me about your tree temperament type for the people listening.
1: Uh-huh. So I have a little bit of the box. Well, I have a lot of the boxwood, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I, I overlap with you in that respect. But then you already know that my black and white and your black and white may not line up. This Mm -hmm. is the fun part (laughs) when you engage Boxwood with Boxwood is you would think if we both know the best way to do it, then we would agree about that best way, but we don't necessarily. Uh, We're both black and white, and that's why we have these delightful arguments sometimes that nobody else can stand Mm -hmm. because we're trying to figure out where the lines are. But then I also have the uh, the two extroverts mixed into my temperament and temperament means mixture by the way that literally means mixture Mm -hmm. so it's so important and that's why i'm so glad we could fall in and talk about the combinations even before we got into the rest of the trees because that's a super important thing is when we talk about temperament and as you know as people listen to future episodes of this podcast i will often talk in kind of um absolute terms this is the rose you know and this is what the pine would do and -hmm, then it's mm -hmm. so important to always remember the nuance of the other trees mixed in and the combinations that are endless absolutely endless like the colors of the rainbow are not really yellow orange red (laughs) they're everything on the spectrum and so so is temperament. so i have i'm what's called a contrapine which means everything except one who has perspective have you noticed (laughs) (laughs) and and focus it's so strange when i do other profiles like like strings finder then my then focus falls dead last and it's because i lack that pine part i have rose bush and palm tree mixed in so the rose as people can probably tell just from the visual you see flowers and thorns and that's the thing that's the that's a dilemma of the rose is it's have productivity and, and achievement and winning and getting that, those accolades. Those are the flowers. Imagine that little rosette they pinned to the winner's chest in the old days, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. little flowery thing. We like that. We like to be number one and in the, in the fast lane. But then it comes with the thorns, and that's our relational challenge. We often lack the empathy. We often uh, hurt people, even yeah. though we don't mean to. And it's hard for you to tell we have a heart when you just encounter the thorns, but we, we really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the but the rose works. I mean, roses grow from the Arctic Circle to the desert. Did you know that?
0: Wow! Really?
1: Yes. Like the... There's not a climate on the globe that they can't survive. Mm. Different species would make it in different areas, but there are thousands of species, and they can they can make it anywhere. And that's kind of what this personality type is like. I'm going to figure it out. I don't understand or recognize the word no, uh, boundaries. What are those challenges? Hey, opportunity, and and they just push through, but not always in a wise way. I mean, we will scream our dead horse. Over the line, you know, over the winning line, we don't take the dead horse out of the race. We just keep it there <laughs> by force and we go yeah, onto that yeah. field and we drag it by if it kills us. power
0: of will, um, if this is the way you've chosen to cross the finish line, this is the way you're going to stick to it. And then uh, maybe it's not the most lively horse <laughs> by the time you finish the no, race. But, sometimes
1: uh, we should put it out of its misery. I mean, if it breaks a leg, yeah. common wisdom says it's over we go like no no it's not over and then we often harm our health we definitely often harm relationships because we refuse to give up And my one of our first encounters was actually it, with temperament as a system mm-hmm. was with the disc profile so i was being accredited in disc along with my tall trees partner van and sale and we were trained by one of the best disc gurus, Doctor Ku Untihami. He's a Singaporean, uh, brilliant man. Mm, mm. He's now in his eighties, probably, but such such a man, massive influence on, on me as a mentor. I still keep contact with him. He he calls himself Papa Ku in my world, <laughs> and I do see him as a father figure, um, spiritually and otherwise, uh, professionally. And he had us make circles, and he he put all the rose bushes in a circle and of course he used the disc term so those were the d's he put us all in a circle and then he put pine trees or s's the peacemakers in a circle and then he he said okay each of us need to make a circle put one of ours inside and defend them against all the other tree types so what happened was we had a really strong former national gymnast but a tiny little lady who looked harmless. Mm-hmm. We had her as our little hidden treasure in our circle that everybody else had to had to remove. And I was, because I had boxwood, they took me out of the rosebush group underestimating how feisty I was, put me with the introverted boxwoods and said, okay, see if you can drag this person out of the rosebush circle. I went after it. Yeah, I yeah. grabbed a leg and I started pulling. And somebody else grabbed a leg and started pulling. And this rosebush girl started going, ow, ow, ow. And I'm like, Try something else. I'm so not intimidated by your yelps from the circle. We are dragging you out of there. And then something about the sound of her voice uh, got my attention. And I looked into the circle and the part of her body that we had (laughs) a Mm -hmm. firm grip on was twisted 180 degrees um, from where her, her face was that I saw in the circle now in real convincing agony. And I realized that we had twisted her really badly But because Mm -hmm. she was a rose, she refused to let go. Think dead horse across the finish line. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to let go, even though she was yelling out in pain. Um, But then when I saw this was going on, I said, okay, stop, 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 stop. And when the circle cleared, she was pale and clearly in pain. And then she cried and said, listen, I can't move my legs. Wow. And fast forward two weeks after this incident, after she had needed help. We had coffee together because it was a pivotal moment for both of us because we almost, we almost severed her
0: spine, her spinal
1: cord, um, because neither of us wanted to let go. Mm -hmm. And that's the Rosebush Thorn issue. It's not just relationships. It's also really putting at risk what should not be put at risk because we're stubborn and because we're prideful unless we are dealt with (laughs) and life Kind of deals with us, and we'll we'll talk about that in in other episodes. Definitely, some of the journey of each of these trees to get rid of what could kill them or, or others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're each dangerous when we operate full force in our strengths. We're all meant to to re- you know to rein in some of our awesomeness and not yeah. release all of our awesomeness <laughs> at the same time because some of our awesomeness is just uh, you know meant to be released in little bits
0: and mm-hmm. pieces
1: uh, when the situation calls for it okay so that's the rose part and then i have not enough palm really to be a super fun loving person but you can tell by just the images we conjure up when we think palm tree what i mean what comes to mind when you think palm
0: palm beach florida you've like been california <laughs> yeah i haven't i when i went to california with you guys when we went to um universal studios i was very young so i don't really remember that but i do remember um, uh, Florida.
1: Yes. Yeah, you do, and and you did see Miami. Yeah,
0: we went to and, Miami. Yeah. That's kind of what I think when I think palm trees yeah, is like beaches, volleyballs, sun. Um yeah, So nice people
1: are breeze. involved. Yeah. And good weather. People. And they're the good weather people. Mm-hmm. I mean, when things are fun, they're around. When it gets really tough, nah, <laughs> they go see you later. <laughs> you know, if the yeah, sun's yeah. out, I'll be back. So they're the fun seekers, the people, people, uh, where they are, the parties going on. Um, But it's not not as shallow as it just sounded, because Mm -hmm. they are joy bringers. They're not just there for their own fun. Their greatest joy is the joy of others. Their greatest fulfillment comes from seeing other people happy because of them. And I've really learned to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I have palm tree only in my social profile which means I'm usually last to leave a party even though I'm not the party animal who started it (laughs) I can I can sustain the conversation and hang around as long as uh, lively and new people are there and because of that palm tree part I am often the optimistic person unless it's my problem Then Mm -hmm. then the box suit tends to take over. But if it's your problem, I'm sure of it that there would be a solution. If I'm not uh, too responsible for the outcome, I can be the encourager on the sideline and that's where the where the boundary hopefully steps up.
0: Absolutely. Where do you think the the divide comes in between your opinion, like pessimism and optimism for other people's problems and your own problems? Like why aren't you an optimist also for your own problem? Where does that come from?
1: I lose perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. because I feel the weight of my own problems. The boxwood really wears it. It's
0: a boxwood thing.
1: It's the boxwood thing and the lack of pine. And that's where you, dad, and Italy's come in. You are the ones who often, because you each have at least 50% pine, you are my thermostats. You are the guys who tell me, okay, you're getting a little overwhelmed. (laughs) Mom, you know, you've said that. Dad really gives me that perspective, too, whenever I lose that.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For those listening who don't know, Italise is my um, older sister. She is a year and a half older than me. And uh, Simone, if we ever mention her, is my younger sister.
1: Yeah. And Simone is a palm rose. So she's these two two in combination that we've just talked about. Yes. And uh, such a power package. uh, Mm -hmm. Doer talker. If there's a job. She steps up. Yeah. And then Italy is the most content pine tree you will ever meet.
0: Oh, she just she's just fantastic to be around. She doesn't need anything from anybody. She yeah. just likes life. And uh I wish I had that that innate love of life that she has. She's yeah. just content with with life. Um, yeah.
1: She's like a pine tree forest when you step into it and there's just this silence. And everything's padded by these needles on the forest floor. The temperature immediately goes down to that comfortable cool. And everything else is drowned out. The sun is filtered. And you're just in the serene space. She's so serene. Mm -hmm. And that's That's such a a
0: pine thing.
1: It is a a pine thing. That aura of
0: calming um, serenity.
1: Yeah. And I think what we've just shared about the influences we have on each other is... What I want to emphasize, I don't ever want to worship at the altar of the individual because even though I insist that you own your individual design and I Mm -hmm. insist that you dig into that, get to know what it's all about, make the best of it, run in your own lane, even though that's really my passion, I will never stop there Yeah, because you will never be enough or have enough that you can do it all by yourself We were not made to be self-sufficient and independent. Mm, mm. We were supposed to grow beyond that to be brave enough to be transparent about our mistakes, to be vulnerable, to need others, and to give of ourselves and to take from others what we need from them.
0: I think palm trees are especially great when it comes to that because they have that special kind of selflessness where they just want to see other people happy. It doesn't matter what it costs them. It doesn't matter how much effort they have to put in. It doesn't matter if people compensate them for the work. As long as people are happy, as long as the people they're serving are happy, they are happy yeah, they are fulfilled.
1: You're right. They don't make the mistake to think that they were supposed to be an island. Mm-hmm. They would hate to be an island. That's not their thing. We are now in this, you know, in the last phase, hopefully, of lockdown and isolation and safer at home and all of that. And I called my American mom, called Miss Peggy Olberg today. Mm -hmm. She is a palm tree and she is not having fun on the island at the moment. I called her and she said, Haiti, I need to hug somebody. Now, that is what a palm tree experiences in isolation is. Not just I need to talk to somebody or I need to see somebody. They need to make that physical, intense contact with others. So they are not the ones who sin in this area and think they they can do it by themselves. But who do you think are the culprits? Do you want to guess who's the number one Lone Ranger?
0: Number one Lone Ranger? Probably Pine Trees, if I were to guess. Just because I see a lot of that in myself. And I think maybe what brings that out is the boxwood. But I think that my boxwood really likes it when other people are there to point out it, my mistakes and where I'm inadequate. But me, as a pine tree, I love going it alone. I love just stepping out into a forest all alone, climbing a tree, looking down on any on everything, and just seeing what everything is about. And yeah. I don't care if anyone's up there with me. But I have come to realize. That when I do that, when I'm off there on a mountaintop by myself, metaphorically.
1: Self-isolating even before COVID-19.
0: Exactly. Um, that that brings out parts of me that aren't ready to come out yet. They're, huh. not, they're not grown up enough. Uh, they're like little things in eggshells that, that they're not ready for the light yet. <laughs> um, and if I go up to that mountain where the sun shines so brightly, I hatch those things before they're ready. And then I have to deal with them in my relationships and they cause problems. And I think that's a very unique pine experience.
1: So what you're saying is in isolation and in going it alone, things hatch that, that are difficult to deal with. And then you have to come back to relationship and connect Yeah. With people. Yeah. It's in that connectedness and community that we really grow. And I think you're right. Pine trees may not always know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My rose loves independence. So it's not the withdrawal of the pine Mm. that the rose finds as a trap for lack of growth. It's that I can do it faster, faster. I can do it my way if I don't have to collaborate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Lone Ranger, ranger thing. I'm going to settle okay. up silver and <laughs> do my own thing. And then we fall into pride and we fall into that false independence and we strive and we kill ourselves a lot of the time working too hard because we refuse to believe we need others. Mm-hmm. I, I often think of the Apostle Paul so confidently going for it to take out these weird people who have this weird teaching and he wants to drag them all off to prison. And his turning point was being blinded. Yeah. And being so dependent and having to be led around and still not even knowing what this was about and where he was mm-hmm. going to go. Very humbling, very cathartic, very important for any leader with this personality type.
0: He was completely dunked into dependence on a higher power. And I think that's the turning point of many rose, roses because I'm not a rose. And so I think you're right that the rose can't really grow effectively in isolation but I think the problem with the pine trees is when we're in isolation we grow we actually do grow in isolation we just grow away from people instead of with them Hmm.
1: that makes a lot of sense I've actually seen rose bushes do their best work under really tough conditions when they are opposed when they are pruned back to a little two inch stalk above the ground Mm-hmm. And then, next season, it's an explosion of roses and sometimes a lot fewer thorns. They seem to wanna live upstream and uphill and against a against lot of rain. resistance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you get you just get the best from them by making it really hard. It's almost as though if it's not hard enough, it's not worth getting out of bed for in the rose bush world,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but we'll probably unpack a lot of that. <laughs> in, A the lot of that in the future. Episodes. But so that's kind of where the trees come from. And honestly, I, I still have the original artwork that I made, very juvenile looking, because it was for the cover art of my first book, Growing Kids with Characters. So it was mm. when I just started exploring exploring the temperament types for children because there was so little about that for families and more, you know, in the corporate and, and adult and leadership arena, there were all sorts of systems, but nothing to really understand our kids. And you were not born yet. I think it, Italy's was ju- just born. No, you were three years old. Simone was the one that was about to be born. She had to hang on so I could finish. <laughs> and I remember sitting with my scrapbooking pieces of paper and glue and fibers and things trying to come up with a concept for the covered design artist and when i had built all of this i felt i had fallen in love with the four trees that i made out of scraps of paper and they became they became the, the cover art so i've journeyed along
0: mm-hmm. with these
1: trees mm-hmm. and they're they're a part of me and i'm so grateful that the team at evergreen parenting and at tall trees training are now speaking the dialect with me <laughs> along with <laughs> the parents and the leaders who have followed it and we I have learned in this journey how much I need this team to dream the, the tree dream with me. And I'm hoping to feature many of those wonderful implementers of this system in episodes to come.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I really feel like the tree analogy, because it's biblical, it's so easy for us to get. Because we're all so familiar with trees. And because the Bible uses the language of trees all the time to describe people I feel like this is just a natural continuation of that idea and a concentration on understanding each other and understanding ourselves. Yeah. And I'm very excited to talk about all of the nuanced implications for um, what this means in this, in this time in quarantine and self-isolation. And, of course, you, the books you've written about this.
1: Yeah, I, I look forward to exploring the aspects of Fear and hope Mm. and courage and growth and emotional intelligence. Yes. Because we each have a deposit, a little starter pack, if you will, (laughs) with a few emotional intelligence skills just to get us going and to make us halfway human. And then we need to be more intentional about being more and more human. Because I don't believe human is bad. I believe human is beautiful. And my striving is to be more human and to allow those around me to be more human. The slogan is, know your design, live your purpose. So let's do a lot of
0: that. Absolutely.